let's talk about events. This podcast contains material intended for a mature audience. Before proceeding, please check your local laws and confirm that you are an adult. Welcome to Full Cow, a podcast about leather kink and BDSM. My name is Edge, my pronouns are he, him, and I am your host. And we are talking about events, specifically leather events. As usual, we'll start by sharing my own experience at attending different events before I offer some practical tips for attending your first event. Then we're going to have a conversation with Ricky as he shares his own experiences in going to different events, as well as helping to put on events at events. I know, that's a lot of events, but it's also a lot of fun. I think it's a great episode, so let's get started. Historically, I've not actually gone to many events, and I think a lot of people find that surprising because they think I'm the kind of leather man who would go to a lot of events. But there have been a couple of reasons for that. First, I've almost always been in a long-distance relationship, and part of what that means is that all of my travel time and all of my travel money has historically gone to seeing my partner. But it's also true that I can be very uncomfortable in large groups, and I used to categorize that as social anxiety, and I now understand that I'm very much an introvert, and I'll talk about that a little bit later in this segment. But I feel like I've gone to every one of the major U.S. leather events at least once. My first event was Mid-Atlantic Leather, and this was the late 1900s. I'm not going to use the magical year of 1995 this year, uh, this time. I'm instead going to say that it was probably 1997. I do know that I had a mustache at that point. It was a handlebar mustache, so I know it was post-1995, and I do believe it was before the millennium. And back then, Mid-Atlantic Leather was a smaller event. You know, we think about all these big, huge, major events. They didn't start big and huge. They started small, and then more and more people went every year. So I went to MAL when it still felt manageable, and I can't even guess how many people were actually there. I can only tell you it was at that hotel, I think, on DuPont Circle. Don't quote me on that. But it felt very manageable, and I had a good time. You know, at the time I was living in New Jersey, so I was very much part of that larger northeastern community, and I was there with a lot of friends, and I saw a lot of friends. I went to IML for the first time in the year 2000. That one I'm very sure about the date, finally. And I went to help a vendor. There was a vendor in Connecticut called Leather Creations. Uh, two guys ran it, and they were super hot and super into cigars and bondage and breath control, and we had connected, and, and that was sort of my ticket to IML. So my first experience of IML was exhausting. Now, if you've not been a vendor, let me tell you what being a vendor is. It means being on your feet the entire day. So I spent a lot of time standing helping people. I didn't actually enjoy a lot of the event because of that, because by the time the vendor mark closed, I was pretty tired. But I did get a very good sense of IML and what it was. 
Then I've also been to Folsom in San Francisco once. I went with my mentor, Thor, who I discussed in the episode on cigars. And he's lived in San Francisco a large part of his life. So he was able to really show me around. We went to Butler's Uniforms, and I got, uh, I think that's where I got my San Francisco uniform from. And did I, you know, Folsom was a little overwhelming even then. It was... Fortunately, we went really early to kind of enjoy the street, but it got really crowded, and I got really over that. We were staying at the Best Western on Harrison. I don't know if that's still infamous, but it was at the time, and there were it, they had smoking rooms, which was starting to become rarer, but as cigar men, we were quite appreciative of that. And we both had friends in California, so I was able to see a lot of friends. The event that I've probably, oh, and I've been to Smoke Out once. And uh, I don't love Smoke Out. I know a lot of people do. But for me, Smoke Out, when I went, and that would have been 2016, and when I went in 2016, Smoke Out was mostly standing around a pool. And if you didn't get up really early and get a seat by the pool, you were standing around the pool. I will say I saw friends I hadn't seen in decades at Smokeout, and that part was great. I'll also admit that at the time, I was dating a really super hot leather cigar man. So much leather is ridiculous. Name's Tom, Australian living in London. Some of you may know him. Still a dear friend, but at the time we were dating, we were supposed to meet at Smokeout, and he was unable to make it. So my Smokeout experience was influenced a little bit by the fact that the man I was dating wasn't there. However... Tom and I did manage to go to my first claw together. And claw's the event I've gone to the most. I think I've been there at least three times, maybe four. And I'm talking about classic claw in Cleveland. I love claw. I think it's a fantastic event. The reasons I love claw, number one, the cigar deck. Very few, I mean, excluding smoke out, very few events have really nice dedicated smoking spaces. There was nothing at that like that at IML. You would just be outside the hotel. And I'm not sure what the story is at MAL right now, but I know it's Washington, D.C. in January and probably not a lot of fun to be outside. At Claw, they block out one entire deck of the parking garage at the hotel, and it has converted into a beautiful cigar space with sofas and chairs and tables, but also play equipment. And because the hotel staff isn't allowed in there, you're allowed to play in there. It is a beautiful cigar space. The other thing I love about Claw is that it has classes, and that means there's always something to do. You can always drop in on a class, or you can do the speed dating, you can shop the vendor market, you can go to a party. I feel like there were a lot of options for me. In fact, one of the things people love about Smoke Out is like, there's nothing to do. You make your own plans with friends, or we're going to go see the Hoover Dam, we're going to go see a show on the Strip. That didn't work for me because I'm not great at being social in that way. IML is really all about the contest. So you do all the contest stuff, but if you're not into the contest, there's a lot of, not a lot to do. Claw, there was always something to do. I loved that. Now, the downside about Claw is that, at least the ones I've been to, there was no central hotel lobby. And that means there was no one place to see everyone. And that wasn't fun. 
IML, all about the lobby. MAL, all about the lobby. At CLAW, no lobby. I've also recently been to what they're now calling Leather Getaway, which was originally CLAW, but in Los Angeles. I had a great time at that event, and I'm looking forward to attending it again in about three weeks. There are a lot of events I would like to make as well. One day I would love to get to Darklands. Uh, maybe Folsom Europe. I'm not sure about that one. Um, I might go to Dory at some point. That would be nice. You know, I am starting to do more leather events, but I'm still not entirely sure how many I want to do because it does require a certain budget. Historically, I'll return to the point that events have been very challenging for me. And this might surprise people, but events intimidate me because I know I am walking into a lobby filled with hot men in gear, in hot gear, with their hot partners, living their hot lives. Often, I am afraid of reliving high school dynamics at an event. And in high school, I was never one of the cool kids. I was the weird, chubby kid. And so my fear always with an event is that I'm going to walk in and feel outside less than. I'm going to compare and despair. In a long time, I thought, oh, that's just the sort of social anxiety. And certainly that's part of it. And that's also related to my issues around self-esteem and trauma from bullying. All of that's at play, right? But I've also learned, thanks to my ex-ex, Eric, who was local, who was a true extrovert, I've learned that I'm an introvert. Now, I think there might be a lot of definitions for what introvert means. I will tell you, it does not mean shy. For me, what it means is that on any given morning, I wake up with a certain amount of social energy. And when that energy is spent, I'm done. I have to be away from people, I have to be by myself, and I have to recharge. Now, if I know I'm going to do something, I can like a party, I can budget my social energy to make sure I have enough for the party. But it also means, very rarely, if you ask me to do something last minute, am I going to be interested because, oh my god, I didn't budget for that, am I going to have the energy, am I going to run out? So, I am about making plans and then budgeting energy to the plans. Recently, I've started, since IML this past year, I've started really enjoying events because through a series of changes in my life, I've learned to become very intentional about my social activities at events. This is the strategy that has worked for me. And what that meant is before IML, I went to IML this year, 2022, before IML, I reached out to certain people that I knew were going to be there and I said, I would like to get together with you. Can we set a date and a time? And we did so. Because the problem with events, you know, people will see you online and, oh, you're going to this event. Oh, I hope to see you. Oh, I can't wait to see you. And then you don't see them because when you get there, there's all these people, there's all this stuff to do. The chance of just sort of randomly bumping into each other is not nearly as good as you think it might be. So I've learned to become very intentional. I can tell you right now, as we record this on Saturday, November 5th, a scant less than three weeks away from Leather Getaway slash L.A. Claw, I can tell you that if you're not on my calendar right now, there's a very small chance that we're going to be able to meet. 
I have plans all of Thursday with a wonderful boy. I have plans to see the boy who changed my life on Friday. I have plans to see this great guy from San Diego on Saturday. I have dinner plans. I have brunch plans. I have a lot of intentional activities already set. This may not work for everyone, but it works for me. Because... I know there are certain people I want to spend time with. I know they're going to be at the event, and I want to make sure that happens. But I also try to balance that with being able to be at the event. So my schedule's not completely booked. I find it useful to have some free time to, oh, let me talk to that hot guy. I didn't notice him before. Oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. Let's get together. Let's go have coffee right now. I want a little bit of spontaneous. I want a little bit of new, but I want to balance that with making and investing in the relationships that are significant to me. Events are important to us as a community, in part because bars are dying. Part of why bars are dying is because everyone's online, everyone's on social media, and everyone's on apps. Because of that, we are no longer so much local communities as much as we are national or global communities. So at many of these events, I am meeting people that I have talked to sometimes for decades online. And this is our first actual meeting. And that's why I want to be super intentional, because this is the one chance for me to meet these people I've been talking with. And I think that's largely true more and more. The magic of an event is that all the people we've been chatting on, with online who live all over the country, they're probably going to be at some event. And if we're at that event with them, we can finally meet. And it is a low-stakes meeting. I'm not getting on a plane and flying to another city to meet someone for the first time just to discover that we really don't have any in-person chemistry. No one is getting on a plane and flying to me just to discover it's not really going to work out. Instead, we are both getting on planes. We are meeting at an event. And if it doesn't work out, we're at the event. You can spend time meeting other people. So the stakes are so much lower costs a little bit higher because we're both paying for the event. But I feel like the emotional cost for me, it just feels a lot safer. I am starting to think about my 2023 travel for events. At this point, there's a tiny chance I'm going to the Dublin Leather Weekend, I think it's called, in late January. I had such a great time in Dublin this summer. I would love to return. It's going to depend a little bit on my work schedule. I am hoping to go to CLAW 2023. I'm waiting for them to launch information on the hotel and reservations. 2023 is tough because CLAW is Easter weekend. So is Easter Berlin. So is Smokeout. That's three major events, one weekend. That's going to divvy up the fetishists and kinksters, right? So if I don't go to CLAW... And I love Claw. If I don't go to Claw, I might consider Smoke Out. You know why? Because everyone I know who goes to Smoke Out finds a boy or a partner. I'm overstating that a lot. But a couple of very significant people in my life met partners, masters, daddies, boys. They all met at Smoke Out. I'm like, oh, there's the trick. Go to Smoke Out. So maybe Dublin. Definitely either Claw or Smoke Out. I don't think I'm going to do IML because that will be the next month and it's very expensive to do two major event trips back to back. 
And then I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to do anything mid to late 2023. Probably I will return to the LA Claw event, Leather Getaway, in 2023 as well, assuming I have as good a time this year as I did last year. I don't know what else. I'm certainly open to options and explorations. I will say this year I also went to Mates in Provincetown and had a fantastic time. So I would consider that as well if I were to able to travel again with my wonderful traveling companion that I had such a good time with. Beyond that, I don't know. I like Claw. I would like to keep it a regular part of my schedule. I also want to explore new events, so I'm looking for good balance. And I'm looking as well at my budget. This is something I'll talk about in the other segment, but keep in mind each of these weekends for me, based on how I like to travel, how much gear I like to bring, the fact that I don't like sharing space as an introvert, so I need a hotel room by myself, based on all those factors, each of these events is at least $1,000 for me, at least between airfare, hotel, Ubers, food, cat sitter, um, Ubers to the hotel, uh, Ubers to the airport, all of that, that all adds up. So my overall budget for the year is fractionated, and I'm only going to be able to devote so much to leather events. So I'm trying to balance ones I love and ones I want to check out. If you have an event you think I should check out, let me know. If you are going to any of these events, if you see me, please let me know. Say hello. I'm fairly friendly. I'll also add that historically, when I went to leather events, people would kind of recognize me because I had a lot of photos online. But it'd always be, you look familiar. Have we met before? And I, I knew we hadn't met before because I'm very good at remembering faces. And I kind of suspected they'd just seen my pictures. That's historically. Recently, since IML, people have been coming up to me. I follow your Twitter. I listen to your podcasts. I like your Instagram. Oh my God, it has felt so amazing and wonderful to actually connect with people one-on-one, to give them a big hug and to thank them for liking my contact uh, content and for following me. So that's been a fairly new phenomenon for me and one that I absolutely love. So if you see me in an event, don't be shy, come up, say hello, get a big hug. I have really good hugs. And I hope you're able to find events that you can afford that you can attend, and I hope that they're good, enriching experiences for you. Because I do think they're great places to find the community and to make new community, community that means something to you, friends who are dear to you, that you will return each year to see. And that is a wonderful part about this leather journey. Leather events can be an incredible way to participate in the community. At the same time, they can be incredibly intimidating, whether it's your first event or your 400th. So in this segment, I want to share some tips for attending leather events. Now, the first step, particularly if you've never been to one, is to set the intent to attend an event and to set that intent with a full commitment of your being. Because it's very easy to put it off for another year or think it's too expensive or think it's too far away or think you won't fit in or think you won't have fun. We are great at providing rationalizations when we have even the slightest fragment of fear. 
So I want to invite you instead to commit with your whole being to attending that first event. And then the next step is to find an event. There are certainly major national and international events, including Mid-Atlantic Leather in January in Washington, D.C., International Mr. Leather in May in Chicago, there's Darklands, there's Folsom Europe, there's Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco, Claw in Cleveland, Mr. International Rubber, International Ms. Leather. There's a wide variety of these national events, and any of those could be good targets for you. But also consider their number of regional events that may be closer to you. And this means both a smaller event, which can make it more manageable, and an event that you might be able to drive to, which can make it more affordable. Recently, I went to Mates Leather Weekend in Provincetown. I had a fantastic time. It wasn't a huge event, but you really got a sense that you could see everyone. There was a lot of people still. There was a lot of things to do still, and Provincetown was beautiful, so I had a great time. Do some pre-planning. I'm already thinking about the events I want to attend during the next year. So think far in the future so that you give yourself a lot of time to plan and prepare. And I will say, you can actually just Google leather events, calendar of leather events. And when I tried that, a lot of my local or close to local events popped up as well as some of the major ones. I think there used to be a kind of master calendar, but that really hasn't gone through. I've not been able to find a shred of it. So if you're able to locate that, let me know so I can add it into the show notes. Planning ahead means marshalling resources as well. Events are not cheap, and often it's not the event itself that's expensive, but when you combine travel, hotel, food, all of that tends to add up. So it's going to be important for you to plan ahead so that you can begin to prepare a budget. Now, I'm at an age where I like to travel in comfort. I like to bring a lot of gear with me. I don't want to share a hotel room. I generally budget around $1,000 for an event that would last a long weekend. That is a lot of money. But that's part of why I'm also planning a year in advance, not only to save, but so that I don't overcommit myself to too many events. The good news is there are any number of cost-saving measures you can use to attend an event. Besides regional events that you might be able to drive to, some of the major national events you may be able to drive to. And if you have friends that can go with you, even better, because they can split the cost of the gas and they can help you with the driving. Finding roommates for the hotel is a great strategy. You can probably fit up to four people in a hotel room, and that significantly decreases the cost of attending. Also keep in mind that at least some events, if you volunteer at the event, you can get a free or reduced registration, further reducing your costs. And then consider stacking your hotel room with snacks and Pop-Tarts and bread and sandwich meats so that you can do a lot of eating in your hotel room, saving the cost of meals out. So there are ways to reduce the overall costs that can adjust it to the budget that you're comfortable with. In terms of packing, I like to bring, obviously, a lot of gear. My preferred airline is Southwest here, domestic in the United States, because you get two checked bags for free, and that allows you to bring a lot of gear. In general, 
If you are flying another airline or if you don't want to necessarily check bags, the rule of thumb is to wear your bulkiest items. So if you're bringing a leather jacket to the event, wear the leather jacket on the plane. If you are bringing tall boots to the event, wear the tall boots on the plane. If you're packing, the trick is to take your tallest boots and shove them full of everything. T-shirts, socks, jock straps, gloves, hankies. Anything small goes inside of boots. And then pile in as much gear as you can. Don't feel like you need to have a lot of gear to fit in at an event. Particularly the larger events, but also the regional ones. They are very, very good at being open and welcoming and inclusive, generally speaking. They are fairly safe spaces, generally speaking. And you will find a broad spectrum of people there, from people in full gear to people just in street clothes. So don't feel like you need a certain kind of gear to go to an event. Don't let any gatekeepers tell you anything different. Wear what makes you feel sexy. And I've seen some really fantastic weird, but wonderfully weird combinations at events. And those people are living their joyful life and I love it. And it may not be what I'm attracted to, but I see them and I recognize them and I welcome them to the event. Events are great because you find others like yourself. And not I don't just mean kinky others like yourself. I mean people into that weird fetish you have. People with that weird aesthetic you have. You'll find others and you'll connect with them. And that's amazing. So you pack whatever gear makes you feel hot. You wear your bulkiest stuff and you get to the hotel. Obviously, step one, check in complete the registration for the event, and then settle in. I like to unpack all my leather. I'll go down outside the hotel and have a pipe. And then what a lot of people do is they lay in snacks. So even if you're not going to be eating in your hotel room, you might want to get some bottles of water, some protein bars, granola bars, chips. I usually load up a few Diet Cokes in the mini fridge in the room. And then I like a little something sweet at night. So like cookies or little cakes or something, because I get, I get cravings for sweet things late at night. And I get back to my hotel room and I have a little Diet Coke and I have my sweet thing and it's delicious. Now, presumably before you've attended the event, you've checked out the website, you've checked out the information, you have some sense of what you can do. And different events provide different options. You know, one of the reasons I love CLAW in Cleveland is that it offers classes. And that's a great chance for you to explore new fetishes and connect to others who are also exploring that new fetish. Other events like International Mr. Leather is very much around the contest. You may want to make sure you attend the contest things. The other thing that you can do at just about any event is shop. Particularly the major national events have all of the major leather fetish kink vendors. And that's fantastic because you get to try things on. So even if you don't have the money right now to buy that leather uniform shirt you want. You can try it on. You can try it on at several different vendors. Find the one you like. Know that it's the quality you want. Know what size you are and what fits and then save up for it. Because otherwise we're shopping online and shopping online is, it's fine, but you're never quite sure of the quality of the hide, the weight of the leather, the feel of it, and particularly the fit. And I will tell you some manufacturers I have found run a little small in their sizes, so it can be surprising. 
But by going to an event and going to the vendor market, you get to try everything on and make a wish list, even if you don't end up buying anything there. Vendor markets are also really a great place to meet other people. They're one of the gathering spots of any event. Because you just wander around the market, you say hello to people, you chat with vendors, and it's a great way to feel connected to the event as a whole. I will say that for me, as an introvert, it's very important for me to manage my energy at an event. And that means I know that at any point in time, it is okay for me to leave and go back to my room. I don't have to do everything. I don't have to do everything at the event. I'm probably in a different city. Maybe it's a city I've never been to. I might want to go off-site and actually explore the city. Those are important ways for me to manage my energy. And then connected with that is to make sure you practice exquisite self-care. That means make sure you sleep at least a little bit every night. Make sure you eat at least a little bit every day. Make sure you take a shower every couple days at least. It's about making sure that you take good physical care of yourself because events can be fairly physical, physically demanding because there's so much to do and so many people to see and you want to do it all and you want to see them all. So making sure you take the time to take care of yourself is very important. Beyond that, I want to really invite you to at least connect with one person at an event. I promise you there's someone there that can be a friend to you. And you might find them at the puppy mosh. You might find them at a particular, at the adult baby booth at the vendor mart. You might find them at the fisting class. You might find them in the cigar smoking area. But you will find them. And that becomes the core connection that allows them you allows it you to attend the next event even easier because your friend's going to be there. You come back next year, you make another friend. You come back the year after that, and before you know it, you have a small group of friends that you get to see every year at the event. I do feel like events are a wonderful way to be fully who we are in a very public space that still feels fairly safe because we are gathered en masse. There is safety in numbers as we are surrounded by our fellow Kingsters. That's not to say that you're going to have a perfectly wonderful time at events. People can be mean. People can be cruel. People can be gatekeepers. People can judge and mock. But I really don't think that represents the best of the community or the best of any event. And while you might have some poor experiences, I really think that you can find a way to enjoy almost any event. Part of that is by thinking very intentionally about what you want out of the event. If you like dancing, almost all the events have dance parties connected to them. You can dance. If you want to have sex, there's a very good chance you will be able to have sex in the main event hotel. If you want to meet people, you can do that. If you want to learn new things, you can do that. Coming into the event, knowing what you want can help you find it. Because if you really want to connect to people, but you're cruising and looking for sex, there's a disconnect, right? So be intentional. This has been particularly successful for me recently because... Even for me, events can be intimidating. I still feel like I'm going to walk in and I'm going to be judged and I'm going to be less than. I've been doing leather for 
over 30 years. I'm pretty good at it at this point. And I still feel I'm going to walk in, I'm going to be judged, and I'm going to be less than. What I've learned to do is to be very intentional about setting social plans with people. So I'm going to have coffee with this friend, going to dinner with that one, I'm going to brunch with another, because that allows me to have a structure of joy and connection that mitigates some of the fear from not having anything to do. And I try also not to be too scheduled because I still want spontaneous encounters. I still want to explore the event. I don't want all of my time booked. As an introvert, that's a particularly important strategy for me, not only being able to leave the event, but even before I go, being very intentional about what I want out of it and planning that and structuring that in. Now, hopefully with all of this, you will have a super fantastic time at the event. But the last thing you need to be aware of is what we call event drop. So you go for this weekend, you're surrounded by kinky people, you're surrounded by people who are like you, you're surrounded by people who see you, recognize you, validate you, and then you go home and you're back to your normal life and you're back surrounded by people who don't see you, don't recognize you, perhaps don't accept you. And what comes is depression. There is a significant drop in your mood or can be a significant drop in your mood after an event that can last several days. That's just something to be aware of. The other thing to keep in mind with events is that, unfortunately, they generate a lot of FOMO, a lot of fear of missing out. When I go on Facebook on any event weekend, I'm usually not at the event. I'm usually looking at all my friends who are at the event, and therefore I feel left out, unwanted, not one of the cool kids, less than, all of those feelings. And the truth is, I can have those same feelings at the event, because I'll be at the vendor mart and wondering if all the cool kids are in the cigar area, or I'll be at the cigar area and wonder if all the cool kids are at a class. So to mitigate that FOMO, I first of all remind myself that I'm being selective about the events I choose to attend, and I try to be happy for my friends who are able to go to events themselves. And then to prevent FOMO at the event, I try to be very present to the moment. I don't spend a lot of time on my phone. I try to interact with people as authentically as I can, which can be challenging. And that allows me to be there in that moment. And if you're there in that moment, then you're not missing out. And if you're not missing out, you don't have the fear of missing out. I have almost always had a really great time at events. And so I really want to invite you to explore it as one aspect of entering into and participating in the community. I think there are opportunities for growth and connection and joy at almost any event. And I hope you find an event that works for you. And I hope you have a really, really, really Fantastic time. Please help me welcome to Full Cow, Ricky. Ricky, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can you start by telling us your pronouns and how you identify in the community? Sure. Uh, my name is Ricky. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Um, I identify myself as uh, Leather Jason Kingster. Leather adjacent, what a great way to put it. And speaking of, this is an episode about events. Can you tell us about your first leather event and how that happened and what that was like? I probably didn't even know I was a leather event 
um, when I first did anything. Um, I met a bunch of leather people through uh, a Burning Man group. And then out of nowhere, they're like, well, we'll, we'll go to the Eagle. Come on, come with us. And that's kind of how I started going to the Eagle, uh, the Eagle LA Leather Bar. And um, that's how I start meeting all of these people. And from there, what would you consider your first official leather event? A big one, I would have to say, I try to go to MAL, but pandemic was stopping me. And then uh, the actual big one would probably be uh, Claw LA of last year. And what was that experience like? Um, so that has some more background to tell. Um, since I'm with Payasos LA and uh, we're the clown that goes around and create events um, to fundraise for charity events. Uh, so we were doing... We were doing seven parties out of a three-day weekend with night parties, after parties, sweet parties, and parties everywhere, party all day, all night long. Um, well, being part of Payasos is nice because you you start helping out instantly, right? Um, but on the other hand, doing seven parties, some in the afternoon, some in the night, some in the after-party nighttime till six in the morning um gets draining um but also it was a very different claw experience than i expected but um it was it was my pleasure to be able to help out to set up everything the slings the partition to create a vaseline alley in the back you know all of that kind of made the experience very different um but i mean i never got to see the avatar of play space that's how how much work we were trying to throw into, but it was it was it was worth it. It doesn't sound like you <laughs> needed to see the Avatar play space. Um, uh, people who know me would know I play enough, um, work enough, and uh, the play space is, is of course is extra. It'd be nice to see it. I think this coming year, actually, in twenty something days, we'll get to do it all over again. Less. It is less than two weeks. Oh my God, it's only three now. Oh God. Wonderful. We are working very hard towards it. Can you give us a little bit of an insight for groups that are putting on an event at an event? What sort of things do you have to think about in terms of coordinating with the main event organizers or safety or supplies? What sort of things have y'all been doing? Um, to well, I'm one of the happen? core members, but I'm not one of the leading or founding members of the, the group. But um, I'm pretty much involved in a lot of the setup, um, a lot of the discussion of how we're going to do it. Um, I think um, part of why Payasos LA did very well in the last CLAW event was um, we were very true to ourselves. Um, we know that we are some uh, sexy, kinky people to just enjoy the sex-positive environment, and that's how we all come together and created the space. I think um, we know that music is one very important part. We, I think um, Leo and another DJ of ours, Carrie, did an amazing job of you know, facilitating the people. But on the other hand, um, <laughs> um, Paisos LA like to um, have some instigator like myself to um, start the party. To, to put it in a, in a, a, a layman term way, um, once the party, there's some movement going on 
and everybody kind of just either join in or they realize, oh, there is actually an alley in the back. Let me go and venture out and see what's happening. And how the party goes is like, you know, people go venture and then they come back and dance some more. They go grab another drink. They go back and, you know, just enjoying themselves and in a very non-judgmental way that just be happy. There is just the fun everywhere. Um there you can be really there on the dance floor but you can also be right where the sling is but also there's also the back that you'd be like okay well i don't see your face but if that's what you like enjoy that i'm i think that's part of why it caters to a wide variety of people and it's just fun in general so i'm hearing have a variety of spaces for people who have different things who want to circulate i'm hearing have music have drinks and critically, I think for any sex party, you're right. Like everyone just wants to stand around and it takes someone to yes. start. And as soon as, one, as soon as someone starts, then they feel like everybody has. Yeah, I think, I think um, for me, part of it is um, you still see the crowd kind of just a, a little bit more hand, standoffish. But at some point, you know that they got enough drinks in their in their belly. You know that they are ready because, you know, their hands are really circling just around the genitals and it's just like someone somehow just needs to take the lead and be like hey by the way you're ready we're here kind of like kind of that deal and and you know lack of better to say it we've done it at a lot of different parties we've done it at call la we've done it at some palm springs pool parties it's it's a very interesting phenomenon seeing people kind of just oh that's happening Ooh, I'm going to get there. And boom, all of a sudden, you know, within 10, 15 minutes, you've got, you get that wall to wall people in that place space. It's, it's, it's an easy, easy way for do to do it, but it's necessary. It sounds like fun. Would you say that Claus, your favorite leather event, or are there other big leather events you've been to? And what was that like for you? <laughs> Um, so since last um, Claw LA, um, we also did Dark Lens out in um, Antwerp in Belgium. That one is, um, for me, it was mind-blowing. Um, background story, I'm also a, a burner. I go to Burning Man, and I understand the magnitude of 100,000 people flocking to a city and do all that for a week. But the the magnitude of the event at, at Dark Lens was mind-blowing because the first thing you walk into is a 6,000 locker locker room. <laughs> and and it was it was just whoa and whoa and you keep walking there's more and you keep walking there's more. And not only that is is that that is just the appetizer of it and then you go through the dance floor they have they have fireworks. They have water features. They have lights. They have good music. It, it, it all of that. But on the other hand, you you keep going. There is play space. There's different kink play space. There is a fisting area. There's a pissing area that got a mezzanine on the top. That you know you got there and and people are like so ready to be like ah it's 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 another dimension that that I've never seen. Um, until then, and also, also the people are just so very nice. Um, 
there's also the 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 differences of kinks that that I have not been exposed to. Um, you know, you have the rubber people, you have the uniform people, you have the leather people, you also have circuit people, but also there are um puppies, there are bears, but then one that I've never I'd never seen before was like one night towards the end of the it was the last night the music was coming down and I start hearing a cat um mailing in the background i i turned to my partner i turned to spot i'm like hey do you hear a cat he's like you're crazy like why would there be a cat i'm like okay maybe i'm just just too much and this is the end of the party and i am just having too much fun lo and behold when the party was dead silence there's this guy legs up on the on the rail and he's I don't know if it was he or she or it, um, because I believe that um, he or she identify as a kitty because um, the, that's where the mailing's coming from. Just getting railed and and having as much fun as he was. I was like, okay, well, there is another king that I've never heard of and I've never exposed to, and there it is. Yeah, it's good to keep in mind the critter community is a lot more than just pups. Um, you described yep. yourself as leather adjacent. And has that been an issue for you in going to these sort of leather events? Have you ever felt excluded or out of place? Or how welcoming have you found them? Um, the reason I, I identify as leather adjacent, I always say um, I do not have a title. I'm not a title holder. Um, and I, at this point where my life is, I am not intending to, to run for a title in that sort. Um, but however, I do enjoy the, uh, wearing leather, of course, but also I think I look good in them. Um, the other part, I also think, um, the smell, the texture of it, the feel of it, it's something that I really like and I resonate very well with it. Um, Rolling around with leather people for me is is not a difficult task. I think um, I I try to start everything with a smile, and that makes everything easier. And um, leather people are not very different from any other people or any other groups of people, um, because bottom line is we 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 were all marginalized at one point, and the idea of banding together as a group being a a more effective voice or whatever to me is important and and that's just how the group was very welcoming for me at least for myself um most of my friends that um in the either in the letter world or the the extension of the kink world everybody was just as friendly as you could possibly find out in the whole wide world I love that tip to smile because I feel like if you're at one of these events, it can be, you can be terrified because it can be so intimidating. But when you smile, you're instantly approachable. And, and right. I never smile. So that's a great, I would never think of that tip. It wouldn't occur to me. Do you have other <laughs> tips based on your experience for people going to an event for the first time, maybe things to pack or things you make sure you should do? Or what would you recommend to someone who's thinking about going to their first big leather event? Um. 
big first big letter event like like the episodes that that you've done before you know what letter pieces to start right start with those couple pieces mix and match all of them where whatever that you feel the most comfortable um for me that's that's one of the most important part um the day that i'm looking at the mirror and i walk into the closet it's like well there are days that it is freezing but all i want to wear is a harness there are days that is hot to to the balls and i would just wanted to have that vest that is sticking on my body and non-breathable just so tight that i'm like i know i'm gonna sweat too much underneath this but that's what you feel like wear that bring that that is the the things that you want to be with you know try something new when you're at a local bar go 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 to a big leather event with the stuff that you're the most comfortable with. Wear the most comfortable leather pair, leather boots that you can have. Um, although there's no leather boots that's comfortable. Um, bring things that you feel sexy in. Um, not everything that I wear, I always feel sexy in. But, you know, bring those couple ones that at that time, at the weight that you're in, at where how big your arms is, wear that one that you feel sexy um, to me, I think, yeah, comfortable is 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 the keyword for me. I love that tip about boots because at an event you stand a lot. Like there's not yes. a lot of seating at events. You're walking around yeah. the mart. You're walking around the lobby. So yeah. make sure your yes. boots are comfortable because you're yeah. standing a lot. Yeah, uh, but also you know how maybe sometimes when you go to tea dance you don't need the boots. You just need comfortable running shoes at your tea dance but go back to your night events with boots that way you know you get your feet some rest it is always nice to get it all mixed in together so you're not all fully in boots but you know to everybody's taste um some people just wear boots all day long my partner esteban he wants to wear his boots all day long and i'm like i don't know how you deal with it um but yeah running shoes is a good alternative at some time I always bring a pair of tennis shoes in case I want to run out to dinner or certainly for being on the plane. I, I do think it's important to have that sort of little change to give your feet a rest. Uh, are there any events you've heard about that you would love to attend someday? Is there anything on your bucket list for events? Right now, um, definitely MAL, uh, Mid-Atlantic um, Leather. I have heard of it, apparently. I have bought tickets. I bought. I booked the room. I did the whole nine yards um but um pandemic happened um it it stopped me from going and then the last one i think was it canceled or was it it, it might have happened but for some it reason was, it was filled with delta nobody went to it it was filled right. with delta covoid right so so never made it so um that would be one that i would definitely want to go but also that's that's one of the events that's right around my birthday so <laughs> when's your birthday <laughs> january 24th oh wow what a great way to celebrate your birthday though to go yes. to a great big event yes. that you've this wanted to time. and got prevented to going to before yes. are you going in 2023 there is currently a lot of traveling plans uh being either planned already or we knew it is going to happen and we got to spend some time and, uh, you know, having a corporate job, vacation days are limited. 
Yeah, I will say it's handy that some of the really bigger events are kind of on holiday weekends, like IML's over Memorial True. Day. That's one free day, or or Claw LA's on Thanksgiving. That's one free day because I do think that question of True. time off from work is something you need to consider. Um, but one thing is um, because March is happening and uh, Darklands it's already booked, so. Um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of traveling next year, so that's why MAL might have to wait for another year. Do you feel like Darklands is something you'd love to get back to every year? Um, Darklands has is very, very, very attractive um, package. It is really an event for anyone and everyone because it's just everything is there and. Um, I'd always love to travel in Europe because, you know, I've not spent enough time in that continent. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say every year, but this year we are, maybe we're going to take break for two, three years. Um, Burning Man is another thing that I try to go every year. So it was like, well, there's the time there and there's the time here. Really need to budget all of that. It is about budgeting and it is about planning ahead, thinking about what are you doing yep. in 2023 at this point. I will say, yep. you know, Darklands is is really coming up as an event. I mean, I barely heard of yes. it a couple of years ago, and now uh-huh. people are talking about it all the time because it's so excellent the way you described it, that there's something yes. for everyone, that yes. it's a huge space, that it's a comfortable space, that it's a welcoming right. space. So I put it on my radar. I hope to get there someday. So thanks, <laughs> thanks for sharing about Darklands. Yeah, yeah, of course. We've we've heard of it from from a bunch of LA people that hey, they went and they came back. They're like, this is something that you gotta go. This is very different from anything that we have here. And for me, reference point, I only have Folsom, and Folsom is a wonderful street fair, but um, is a definitely very different environment when it's out there in in Belgium. I'm sure. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience about events? Any tips, guidelines, plugs uh, for upcoming things? I would say I don't have any tips or guidelines, but I always tell people, you know what, just try to go up, smile, talk to people. You know, if if they don't respond, well, sure, move on. And I mean, it's just life, right? Um, and I do I do suggest people to go to local events. Um, when there's a Claw LA, you know, you don't have to be going to the whole event if you're living in the, you know, LA vicinity and go to a night, go to two days, go to a class or something like that, that, that you know, if you're interested, try to see if you really like it. You don't have to to throw yourself in and commit on a four day weekend and book the room and whatnot. You could, but it's not necessary. But also, um, Claw, Claw LA is coming up again. Like you said, two weeks. Um, Payasos LA once again is throwing a lot of different parties. Um, tune in. We're gonna have some interesting things for everybody. Um, we're, we're we're about to to start the marketing of all of it. It sounds exciting. Unfortunately, this won't actually come out until December. So I hope everyone uh, checked out those parties because they sound great. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot about it. 
Oh, that's my fault. Don't worry about it. So, Ricky, I am so thrilled to have this conversation with you. I love particularly the way you talked about leather people are just human and you should just go up Mm -hmm. and talk to them and it shouldn't be a scary Mm -hmm. thing. I think that's a beautiful takeaway for people from this interview. Listen, even if they don't smile, they are also nice people. They just, you know, they just don't smile. I don't smile, but I'm a nice person. (laughs) You are a fantastic person. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for for joining us on Full Cal. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Please consider subscribing, or you can send feedback to edge at fullcow.show. As always, may your leather journey be blessed. 